Welcome back, everyone. This is Sam. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to the show that discusses all the mysteries of the world. And the unsolved, paranormal, and conspiracies. This is Scene from the world. Sophie, how are you doing on this Monday night? I'm doing well. Um, in case you're wondering, yes, we're recording on a Monday night. But you'll please listen to this on Sunday. Yeah, we literally just got off work and drove straight to the studio, so we're committed to this. Thank you for joining us so you know how committed that we really are. Today we will be discussing a... A range of topics. Yeah, it's not going to be specific, so just... Get your favorite drink, sit down, and enjoy the podcast with us. This time we won't be joining you on the drink. We'll be drinking water because we're responsible adults. Yeah, we didn't bring the the drink today. Just, yeah. just water. We truly did not wink, sad face. Today we will uh, discuss some of the things regarding the Zodiac Killer. Did you guys hear about the rumors of supposedly they found the person that could be the Zodiac Killer? It's just a theory that people believe Gary F. Post is the Zodiac Killer. Do you believe it? Um, it's hard to say because of the source that released this news. Fox News. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you guys know us personally, you already know where we probably lean. Yeah. And who benefits from the news, from Fox News. It's the right. When... It was released. Uh, Sophie sent me a text message and I was generally shocked. And then I clicked on it and I saw with more information, I saw the source and then we were both talking about it. Um, and she brought to my attention some theories. And A disclaimer um, before we talk about this, that these are just theories and nothing has been verified. Even people claiming that Gary F. Post is the Zodiac Killer, that is just a theory. Nothing has been confirmed by the, F- the FBI at all. This story obviously is a sensitive story because there were victims and we want to give our respects to the victims and their families who are still, who still don't know the truth behind this case. Yes, we want to give our respect to the families and anyone that was affected due to the Zodiac killings. All this information is just opinions and alleged and not yet confirmed. We'll get into some information regarding the Zodiac killer. In the late uh, 60s and early 70s, the Zodiac Killer terrorized the Northern California. Uh, He killed at least five people, which have been confirmed, but he claimed to have killed over 37. And he taunted authorities over several, several years with letters and ciphers that left many people in the Bay Area living in fear yeah and getting into the timeline of when he first started his killings on december 20th of 1968 around 9 p.m near vallejo california um there was a 17 year old boy by the name david faraday and a 16 year old girl by the name betty lou jensen they were hanging out in their car in a parking lot where the zodiac killer approached them and shot them while they were sitting in their car. That's the most infamous case, right? Um, that was the first case. And at the time, they were not aware that it was a serial killer because, of course, it was the first murder. So it wasn't until the second one when they figured out that it was obviously a serial killer. Did he leave anything behind? To So for the first one, he did not. I think the first one was just like his first experience, I'd say alleged we don't know like he said he killed over 37 so confirmed we know this was his first one but cannot be confirmed we don't know if maybe he did kill people before the couple that i mentioned so the next crime occurred on july 4th of 1969 around midnight which was actually a few minutes away from the previous crime the zodiac killer approached a parked car with a flashlight and he shot 22-year-old Darlene Farron and 19-year-old Michael Majo before walking away and coming back to shoot them again. Both were still alive when they were found, but only Michael would survive. Michael was actually able to make out the face of the man who shot him. So that's when they first were able to receive some kind of identity. Was he the one that provided the known sketch drawings? 
he actually did give a description of the alleged serial killer. He said that he looked to be approximately 26 to 30 years old, stocky looking, maybe about 200 pounds or larger, and about 5'8", light brown curly hair and a large face. Within the hour the police received a phone call, someone called claiming to be the shooter also claimed to be the shooter for the previous murder uh, murders mentioned. And did the police take that seriously? Yeah, I mean, they, this was already like the second crime they have. It looked to be like two couples all the time. So they were f- trying to figure out if this was a serial killer, but not yet confirmed, you know. Usually serial killers leave like something out that symbolizes them. But it, the first two murders, he didn't leave anything that would say a serial killer. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be mentioned later on, but wasn't there a point where they could have caught him, where the police came by him, but then instead they were looking for a black male, even though it was already specified that it was a white male? Yeah, I'll get to that in just a little bit, Uh which it is frustrating that that happened. On August 1st of 1969, the San Francisco Chronicle, the San Francisco Examiner, the Vallejo Times-Herald, They all received identical handwritten letters from someone claiming to be the killer. The letters revealed specific details about the murders to prove that the writer was the killer himself. The letters were signed with a distinctive mark, which is when the infamous uh, mark of the Zodiac Killer came to light, which was a circle with the cross. The Zodiac Killer is the one who gave himself the name, right? The Zodiac Killer? Yeah, he did. You can tell he really enjoyed the attention even to a point where he provided them with different codes that he demanded them to publicize. And he said, if you guys do not publicize the ciphers, that he would continue with his killing. So the new- newspapers did as as he requested because obviously they didn't want to be considered yeah, for more murders, which didn't stop him anyways. The Zodiac claimed that the crack codes would reveal his identity. And on August 4th, another letter was received that started with the phrase, This is a Zodiac speaking. Marking the first, the killer marked himself as the Zodiac. So once the second letter came is when he announced himself as the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Do you have any theories as to why he would want to go with the Zodiac killer? My assumption was was because of the ciphers that he used. What about yourself? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know too much about the word zodiac, other than what people believe, like horoscopes and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's honestly like I think about. So I don't know shit about it. Maybe he was like into that shit. I will say that over the weekend, my friend, who's a Pisces, told me that he was a Pisces. The zodiac killer was a Pisces. So Mm. to all you Pisces out there, I'm not sure how you feel about that information. Well, don't they say that supposedly Pisces are very emotional and sensitive and stuff like that? Yes, they do say that. Interesting. Again, if you believe in astrology, you might find that heartbreaking or amusing in some way. I don't really uh, believe in astrology, but I like to read it. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to all you astrology fans. I I I don't judge you. But um, on August 8th of 1969, the code was cracked by a couple in Salinas, California. Now get ready for this, okay? This is what it it read. I like killing because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill someone, to kill something, gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. Sorry, I had a laugh at the part. Like, literally, dude, why would he word it like that? Like, that sounds like a guy that doesn't get his rocks off with. Yeah, girls. definitely doesn't. Bro, I don't care what time it was. That sounds really stupid. Um, with a girl, but the best part of it is that when I die, I will be the reborn in paradise, and those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves afterlife. So he really believed that by him killing people, that he was collecting his slaves for the afterlife. Like he really thought he was going to be some kind of king or something. I mean, obviously we don't know this person, right? But I feel like even hearing that alone, I kind of believe that maybe 
he was just saying that to put out this persona because as far as we know he was probably this average dude who didn't get his rocks off with girls honestly yeah i feel like he was just <laughs> dude that's gonna be like the thing to say now right can we slander the zodiac killer like no hell yeah like we that. have no mercy for this guy whoever the whoever the fuck you are honestly dude i feel like he, yeah he's generally like enjoyed doing this obviously and i think he was just trying he was probably like a loner dude that felt like he was becoming famous and he like thrived over this attention and he wanted to seem like unusual and mysterious by sending these letters and like saying stuff like that like if anything you just sound dumb yeah he should have hired a ghostwriter yeah and then he has like hella run run on sentences so (laughs) (laughs) that was a big dig huh (laughs) oh god okay Okay, and on september 27th of 1969 um in napa california 22 year old cecilia and 28-year-old Brian Hartnell were having a nice picnic on the shore of Lake Berryessa, I believe that's what you pronounce it, when Cecilia saw a man hiding behind a nervy tree and staring at her. So, dude, if that was you, what would you do? I would immediately tell the person I'm with, can we leave? I don't really understand too much of what transpired between the time that he was staring at her and if, if it was, like, within a millisecond that she saw that he was staring at her and that's when he approached them. Or if she had saw that he was staring at her and she just tried to ignore it. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're on a date, so they probably just, hey, let's make the most of this. Yeah, probably thought, oh, it's just a weirdo or something, or who knows. But basically, um, after some time, the man came out from behind the tree wearing an execution-style hood over his head with the Zodiac Killer symbol on his chest. He had a gun and a long knife and used pre-cut rope, uh, to tie up Cecilia and Brian before stabbing them repeatedly. So Cecilia unfortunately did not make it. Um, she passed away, I believe it was on the way to the hospital, and Brian did survive, and he also was able to identify the Zodiac Killer. And did his description match that of the other victims? Yeah, so he said, similar to what he said before, which is uh, crazy to me because they were able to have identical opinions of what maybe his height was, which is 5'8". If I look at someone, it's hard for me to be like, okay, 5'8". I'd probably be like, 5'5", five, 6". Five, Both of them said 5'8". That is interesting. I'm, I would definitely be bad at distinguishing someone's height. Yeah. Same here, dude. And this, he said 5'8", uh, heavy set, weighing about 225 to 250, which the other guy previous before has said around 200 pounds plus, or, or more. Uh, dark brown hair and after brian received the message which he found on the side of his car which was the zodiac killer's note so even after he attempted to kill him he left him a note and basically the note had like the dates of the the crimes and then the words reading by knife written below the september 27th date the last killing that we know about was Paul Stein. And basically, he was a cab driver and he was giving the Zodiac Killer a ride when the Zodiac Killer shot him. And a woman that was across the street heard the, sh- the shooting. And two witnesses that were also, I believe it was in her apartment or else, I, I don't remember. All three of them got an exact, a good look at the Zodiac Killer. So one of them called um, dispatch and described him as heavyset looking man, white male with glasses. I guess with all the chaos, the dispatcher wrongfully identified him as an African-American man. And dude, that totally fucked everything. My question is, too, is how do you, how is that miscommunicated? at all honestly i just don't i just don't see how it's possible i i don't it's just so wild in life how so many things just lead to racism yeah this case could have been solved and then instantly stopped he could have gotten caught but somehow he this he was identified as a black male instead of what he was which was a white male and because of that the cops actually it was alleged that they saw 
a guy that fit the exact description of what the girl reported, but they didn't pay mind because he wasn't an African-American man. So he literally, like, just walked by them. And which he, the Zodiac Killer actually wrote a letter which he talked about that incident. So confirming that, like, kind of, like, laughing at them, like, dude, like, you guys totally just missed me. He threw it in their face, pretty much. Like, yeah. You guys could have caught me, but you didn't. So then he seized all forms of communication in 1974. There was a couple of people that were considered, like, suspects, and they were able to eliminate some of them because they took DNA tests uh, from a swab test from the saliva of an envelope that he used to send the letters. So they were able to eliminate some of the suspects. So what would you do if you were, like, let's say, in, in a parking lot with your boyfriend and a man approaches your guys' car, but your windows are, like, down? I think... Because I've experienced it before where someone approaches our vehicle when we're parked somewhere, we roll down the window because we assume either they're going to ask for money or help. And I've been in that situation and we've rolled down the window, not fully, Mm -hmm. but kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? And they're usually asked like, hey, do you know where this is? Or, hey, can I have some money? And we usually give them money. So I feel like we would probably would have a very innocent assumption of someone approaching your vehicle yeah and i think that's what happens with a lot of people like for example like back in the day was like very common people to hitchhike and nowadays it's like hell no well at least here in california i don't know i can't speak for other states but like i at least i am i'm sketched about even ever doing that but maybe in some other places it's it's normal but back in the day i know it was really common that's why a lot of people went missing which is um, what happened a lot with, what's his name? Um, like, which serial killer? Uh, um, Ted Bundy. There you go. The thing is with Ted Bundy is that a lot of people described him as charming. And he was handsome, according to them. Right. So, yeah, he probably had a face that you trusted. Well, n- not only that, let's also mention that he wrote books about how to, for women, protect yourself. Men known as abusive and all that stuff. The most ironic thing. That's pretty scary because like i said a serial killer is not always the stereotype of what a serial killer looks like there isn't a look no there isn't it could be i mean it's unfortunate to say but if people can look at past stories of serial killers sometimes they're an innocent neighbor or someone who just keeps to themselves and they're under the radar right do you want to mention like maybe like an an experience where you felt like you were in a situation where you felt like things could have gone wrong? Had you not acted fast or left the situation, like it could have progressed to maybe something crazy or wild? Well, I have one experience with you. I remember um, this probably sometime, it was either during high school or after high school where you and I, well, we had to wait in my car because I lived in a gated community at the time. And I didn't have the gate opener, so it was late at night. It might have been, like, what, like, 10, 11 p.m.? Oh, yeah, I remember this this time. That, that was really scary. And yeah. that was pretty dangerous, like, waiting outside the gate because... And yeah, we're two young girls. Yeah. So we waited outside the gate, and on top of that, I remember my car at the time was... My windows were not tinted, so you could clearly see it's two girls in the car. Right. And some guy parked up behind us, which we didn't think anything of it because, um, you know... At gate opener it happens we're clearly there too but then what made it strange is that I recall which I don't know if you recall the same thing two dudes walked out of the car and they had their lights really bright and they got off and were approaching our car and I thought that was really strange so I immediately turned on my car and like kind of drove off mm-hmm. and people could say oh maybe you're overreacting but then they got back in their car and started following us and I remember going through different twists and turns in the streets and they were still following us and then I I blew a red light which made them stop following us yeah I remember perfectly I have the visual of us sitting down and then we see like big rusty look truck farm looking truck and then um we're like damn like their lights are super bright 
And they were so bright that you couldn't even see the driver. It was just silhouettes of men. Yeah. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you see that the two doors open and two big stocky looking men getting out of the truck. And like Sophie said, like at first you probably say if one came out, like, okay, they're probably trying to ask if we have the gate open or something. And then like two guys just came out like they they had a plan. And then that's when we were confused. And then when they started getting closer to their car is when Sophie took action. She was like, drifting. (laughs) (laughs) It was fast and furious in that bitch. And I'll tell you what, they got in their truck with the quickness and they were following us like scary as hell. And they were hauling ass. And I'm telling you, I was going through different twists and turns. And when I blew the red light, that's when they stopped. I don't know if you guys ever watched the movie like Jeepers Creepers, that big black truck when he's like hauling ass. (laughs) That's literally (laughs) the way they were fucking driving. Yeah. And that's just an example of creepy experiences. I just thought of another creepy experience with you. When we we were in high school and we had to walk home. The bowling alley? Yes. Oh my God, dude. That one, I swear to God, I told myself, man, mom, I'm listening to you forever. Like, I already... Like, I swear, if you just let me get home, like, I swear I'm going to listen to my mom. That was, dude, I was sweating the whole time. I was sweating. That's how scared I was. Yeah, so we went to the bowling alley with our friends. It was a good night. But we only had a ride there, not back home. Wait, can I throw a little mention? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to disclose names. But low-key, fuck you guys. That was fucked Honestly. There's two guys. And not only that, but also, fuck your parents. (laughs) Because also, can I also say this? Palmdale is a small town on the east side, right? Yeah. What does it take you to drive two people home literally not that far from where you live? Especially like two young females, dude. Like if something had happened to us, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel right knowing that I could have taken him home. Especially what happened to us that night. It wasn't like nothing actually happened to us, but a it was still pretty wrong. traumatic in yeah, some ways. It, it was super traumatic. But I'll let you continue with the story. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the bowling alley with our friends. You know, it was two guys. Nothing romantic. We were just homies. Yeah, they were the homies. They were. No. <laughs> Keyword. They were. They were the homies. But I don't know. They were the homies after this walk. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the, the bowling alley. Good time. Hidden strikes everywhere. Nah, I fucking suck at bowling, but yeah. Honestly, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we did well. <laughs> Just for the sake of the story, we're hidden yeah, strikes. We're, it's a great, it's a great yeah, night. Hell yeah. And then our friends are like, okay, guys, like we're going to go home now. And we asked them, hey, is it cool that we get a ride home? You don't even have to drop us off individually. She can get dropped off at my house because we live close by. Yeah, and I think I was going to sleep over, so I worked out anyways. Yeah. And our friend's like, yeah, let me ask my mom. And then he goes to his mom. Mind you, this mother was giving one of the other boys a ride home. Yeah, she was. And actually, I'll retract them that. I don't know if I'll say fuck you guys. Because honestly, we were young at the time. Maybe it wasn't their decision. It was their mom's decision. <laughs> yeah, so, so it wasn't their it was, fault. It was like an awkward situation for them. Like, But honestly, f- fuck your mom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, low-key. Like, that was fucked up, dude. I get it. I mean, to an extent, it probably is a pain in the ass to drive kids home. But like... Dude, be a good, be a good adult. Like, yeah, and know, and look out for other kids. At the same time, too. It, listen, yes, we were young. We probably should have, you know, Figured solidified a ride home yeah. before even deciding to go out. But again, you're young. How old were we? We're probably like 15, 16 at this time. Yeah, all we were thinking like, let's just go to the bowling alley and have fun, and we'll figure out a ride back. But I think we had assumed that it wouldn't have been a problem if we had asked for a ride back. Especially think, since we live near these people. Yeah, like it wasn't something we thought like would happen. So when it was like a shocker when, <laughs> when we got that, like you got on your own. <laughs> yeah. And and keep in mind, you know me, I'm like a little like, I'm not going to say I'm a goody two shoes, but like I get scared about almost everything regarding like the law. I remember I was like freaking out and I was like, dude, I can't get a curfew ticket. I had the bright idea because because between Sophie and I, we were like, okay, let's oh. go through the big streets. The big streets are safer. Yes. Or the neighborhoods. And me, being the person that I am, I was like, nope, I'm not risking a curfew. My mom's going to beat my ass. So then I was like, let's do uh, neighborhoods, which was the worst idea ever. I remember our friend, we asked our friend, like, oh, can your mom take us? And he says, okay, yeah, let me ask her. And he comes back. No. She said, no. Bye. And yeah, literally and drives off. Like, have you guys, have you seen a, um, 
forgot it's on a YouTube or something. It's like a guy, he's just like putting a piece on, he just like disappears. Yeah, it's that, that, that meme. Him. It's that meme, exactly. And so her and I look at each other like, well, guess we're walking. And so, you know, we're walking, it's late at night. And we come to a point where we're just like, hey, do you want to take the main streets because there's lights? Or do you want to go through the neighborhoods? And again, as Sam mentioned, we were afraid of getting a curfew ticket. Okay, fine. We're going to go through the neighborhoods. And, you know, we had some friends that live like we were kind of familiar with this neighborhood specifically. Yeah. So we thought we've been there before. It's fine. We've never walked through like through there before, but we should be fine. As soon as we step into a neighborhood, we're walking. There's a garage full of dudes being rowdy, whatever. But we're across the street and I remember telling Sam, don't look at them. Don't even acknowledge them. Because once we do, they're going to say something. And then this guy goes, hey. And Sam, you know, innocently turns her head. And I'm like, no, why didn't you turn your head? <laughs> and he's like, we're going to fucking you. Yeah. And he starts running to us. Obviously, okay, do we know if this guy's being serious or joking? Does it matter if someone's tell you that they're going to assault you? Yeah. And so we kind of like, you know, sped our more walking. No, dude, like, honestly, he was like getting a kick out of it. Because remember, I remember, one point, I remember one point, like hearing his footsteps, like towards closer to us. And then it would stop like messing Taunting with us. us. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was like, damn, dude, this is it. Palmdale bowling alley. Like, this is the last thing I saw. Obviously, he didn't actually physically do anything to us. Yeah. He was just messing with, with us. us. Then we go deeper into the neighborhood and there's a school in this neighborhood tell me why there's no wind and there's swings oh, set swinging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we look at each other like this is the worst thing. i remember we were really like scared as fuck we we're like terrified and we just walk into this neighborhood no wind all you hear is like the squeaking squeakingness of like the swing going like making like, a creaking noise uh, and we're just the quietest fuck even more scared now yeah <laughs> And then Sam and I were just like, no, dude, we, in case someone tries to mess with this again, we need to have find some sort of way to defend ourselves. And in front of someone's house, they had these old had dresser. Dr yeah, old dressers out. So we pulled part of this dresser. I mean, mind you, it was trash. It was next to the trash can. Yeah. And we they had nails, boards with nails. Okay, we're going to have yeah, to use this. Yeah, we feel all tough with those. I remember uh, I was carrying like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the handle when you pull the dra drawer? I put my hand, my my hand through there, like it was like a freaking what do you call it? Brass knuckles. Brass knuckle. And then I had the spikes. <laughs> you know, like, I was I like, bro, I we're do. safe now. This freaking dresser is gonna do the job. And then, as we get closer to my house, same thing. There's dudes outside in the garage being rowdy. Yeah. And I, at that time, at that age, I had bright red hair. Mm -hmm. And I remember this guy, and I same thing, don't look at them, don't acknowledge them. This guy yells, hey, girl with the red hair, I want to pull your hair wife. f*** you. Again, we're children. This is probably a grown man because they were drinking. And we just keep walking. I'm just like, this is the worst decision we've ever made. Honestly, it felt like the longest walk ever. Who knows? It felt like walking through hell. Honestly, yeah, imagine like, walking I feel through like, hell is. You know when you, I don't know, if you've seen the movies, there's like this person going like a hallway and they open, you keep opening each door. It's like something even more scary. Something worse, something worse, something worse. Yeah, that's how that walk felt like. Each step we took, every house was some creepy person just screaming, saying stuff at us. And I, I literally, generally, that was the night that I felt like I was not going to make it home. I just remember, though, us not even being able to tell our parents because then they were going to get mad at us or throw it in our face. This is why you guys shouldn't go out. Yeah. So yeah, we couldn't even tell, us. we couldn't even, like, disclose to our parents what just happened. We couldn't even tell anybody. Yeah. We would get in trouble, even though, honestly, who's at fault in this story, truly? People, the men that were threatening yeah. our safety. But honestly, dude, that was just a scary experience. We laugh about it now only because we're the type of people, if we go through something, we have to scary. We have to make some humor out of it. Just, yeah. you know, lighten it up or something. But obviously, it's not cool. Mm. Don't be a creep and don't yell things at little girls or women or don't yell things at anybody on the street. Just leave people alone. Yeah. I remember a, a strange, I'm sure I've told you this story before. When I worked at KFC, I used to walk home every night. We're talking about a 10, 11 p.m. And then my dumbass would put earphones on on top of that. I was like so oh, oblivious no. to my surroundings. I was just like thinking like, mm, nothing's ever going to happen to me, which thank God nothing ever happened to me. But that's just the way I would walk. I would put music on and I would just walk the whole time home. One time I remember I was walking. I think I was. Yeah, I was walking from work and I was passing by this car 
the front headlight fell. Like, it fell right in front of my, like, shoe. That's, like, something from, didn't a serial killer actually do that? Or am I thinking of something else? I think there was one. I think, like, he would um, do something to a lady's tires. He would tires. act like his cars. Yeah, like, something was wrong with his tire. That was, it was Ted Bundy. That was him, yeah. yeah. That kind of gave me, like, the, the, like, the vibe of, like, Ted Bundy. Because I, it's, like, so random. Like, his headlight literally just popped off and fell right in front of my shoe. And me being oblivious was trying to be, like, nice and stuff. So I grafted it. And I went to his, like, door. And I was like, hey, your headlight fell off. Kind of, like, weirded out. But, like, okay, I'm not going to leave it there. So then he's like, oh, thank you. And then he grabs it. I continue to walk. And then he continues to follow me. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, like this driving guy, close to you as you're walking. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, driving super slow and, like, trying to talk to me and, like, super weird i remember i was so scared because i was like dude it's like 10 at night i'm by myself but then the good thing i was in the big street you know that big street close to the bridge yeah yeah, yeah. that one and then this lady good samaritan she saw that and she, she was like beeping at him to like push to keep it keep it keep going yeah. and like he left good well, that was like freak. so weird like his headlight literally just fell on my shoe no yeah i i mean where do we start on creepy stories yeah we honestly. could be here forever but because i already thought of two but i'm not gonna keep on adding on <laughs> but i mean all i will say is if you're a male i guarantee you if you ask any of your female friends hey do you have any stories where you felt scared or you were creeped out by a stranger they have them and it's not to say that men don't have stories either because i've had we've had guy friends too tell oh, us yeah. really and it would we were in high school as well i'm not gonna say his name when we were in high school, we would always meet up at the park. That was, like, our hangout spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I remember one of our friends, in mid, like, middle of the day, maybe when it was, like, 5 p.m., the sun is still out. And he's like, okay, guys, well, I'm going to go home. We're like, okay, bye. And then a few minutes later, he comes back really upset. And then we're just like, what? What happened? What happened? He's like, I was walking right now, and this guy offered me a ride, which I didn't think was anything weird. But I told him, no, I'm okay. And the guy was like, no, get in the car, get in the car. And then he's like, you're really handsome, get in the car. And he's like, get the hell away from me. And he kept mm-hmm. following him, same same thing, following him as he's walking. And so yeah. he ran back to the park. Yeah. So there's just creeps out there creeping on everybody. Everywhere. You just got to stay safe and always be, on, always be on alert. Never get complacent, which I do sometimes. But Sophie thankfully bought me a pepper spray and she bought me um, a knife. A knife. <laughs> You know, gotta just so just you. So anybody here that there is hearing, I have that on me. Yeah, we keep that thing on us. Mm-hmm. Speaking of creeps, let's get back into the zodiac killer. Yes. Yeah, so some of you may have known or heard recently the news broke that the Case Breakers, which is a team of specialists, they're ex journalists, ex military, ex policemen that get together investigate um, unsolved cases. They claim to have cracked down on who really was the Zodiac Killer. And according to them, again, this is all alleged and this is a theory. It has not been confirmed by FBI, but they believe it's Gary Post. How do you feel that this news has supposedly been broken by the case breakers? Um, I mean, it's there's been so many people that could have been the Zodiac Killer. So at this point, it, to me, honestly, it's just another potential person. But yeah. I think they did say something about, like, there's a scar on his forehead that matched the Zodiac Killer's scar. Yes, that his scars and wrinkles match. And that when, the like, I guess, like, the timelines of, like, his life and the Zodiac Killer's matched, I guess when he moved, that the, Zo- the, the killings had stopped during that time that he moved. Yeah, so there are commonalities. Um, one of them, like, as you said, that's really distinct is the scar on his forehead. And... Before I get into the specifics of the case breakers, I will say that the people who broke this story is Fox News. You'll come to find there's a reason behind why I'm pointing this out. Anyway, going back to the case breakers, they want to push the FBI to test the DNA because they highly believe that it is Gary Post. The reason is because they've interviewed his neighbors and the neighbors say that they also believe that he may have been the Zodiac Killer. The main thing, as you said, was the scar on his forehead. Another reason is that he was the same size shoe as the Zodiac Killer, that he also owned a pair of boots, which matched the footprint that has been found, I believe, in some of the 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 known cases of the Zodiac Killer. Right. So that's like one of the two main things that they find damning evidence right and another 
one of the investigators in the case breakers claimed that they deciphered the cipher given by the Zodiac Keller and it matches the name of Gary Post. Mind you, I cannot find that information and that Mm -hmm. has not been published, but that's what they claim to have found in one of their investigations. But this hasn't been published to the public, so we can't even compare if that's true or not. Right. But they do claim that they've given all their information and that the FBI has been somewhat compliant with them. However, again, the FBI has stated recently that it's still an open case. But that he's obviously passed away over three years ago, right? The the man that they believe, Gary Post, he passed away three years ago. So, of course, we can't they can't interview him or anything. Mm-hmm. But his own family does believe that he may have been the Zodiac Killer. Oh, that's a crazy thing that his own family thinks that. Yes, because um, a neighbor of Gary Post claims that Gary Post was very abusive to his wife. Mm-hmm. And that he would get upset about things and that his own wife even described him as an awful person. And that this is what the neighbor claims. She says that she could never forgive herself for letting her husband get away with certain things. Again, she didn't expand on that. We can assume maybe she's referring to killings or maybe even just the abuse that she faced. Because obviously the Zodiac Killer like seized communication i believe was like 1974 i wonder if he continued to kill or if he was like i'm just going to try to live a normal life like i'm just going to retire from killing yeah like let me just get married and live a normal life and then forget that all this happened or if he continued to go on with his killings but obviously didn't continue to like leave letters or like clues and stuff like that i will say that gary post left reviews on movies and albums Wait, it is similar to um, one of the letters that the Zodiac Killer sent out that he left a review on The Exorcist. He sent a letter out. I think I, I think it was the last letter that he sent out. Oh, that he claims. That he reviewed the, um, he basically like reviewed The Exorcist and like get it, gave it like Rotten Tomatoes. I'm curious as to what he said. Do you know what he said? I think he had said something like, dude, man, I could, if I can remember. I think he didn't like it, but it, it, it reminded me what you were mentioning right now. So maybe that could be a clue Yeah, that too. is kind of an interesting correlation. But yes, he left reviews on like Katy Perry's album. And he was a huge fan of Katy Perry, Gary Post. Hmm. And he was also, um, he also reviewed Ten Bu- Ted Bundy's film. And he said it was really bad. So that kind of, I don't know if you consider that a clue. That one the last letter that was received, he reviewed the Exorcist movie and that this Gary guy is known to leave reviews to. Yes, that is interesting. Know. Sounds That's another clue. Sounds like a Yelp guy. True. And honestly, it, came, it gives me total Chris Dorner vibes. Do you know who that is? No idea. So he, me. Chris Dorner was a ex-cop who went on a killing spree. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Oh, this one's uh, this one's messy. Yeah, this one's very messy. In his in his manifesto, craziest manifesto I've ever read. One time, me and my coworker sat down, mm-hmm. and just were both reading it at the same time. And there are gasps when our reactions were just we were laughing, we were shocked. I have to read. But this. he was reviewing actors and comedians and films in the middle of like just randomly in in the middle of his manifesto. It was the mm. most insane thing. And so this guy. If Gary Post is him and the Zodiac Killer are reviewing movies in random letters or like this guy in his reviews, it's... Did we just figure something out? I know. <laughs> if you're a huge uh, reviewer, you're probably a serial killer. No. No, but that's crazy. I have to read it. Like his manifesto. Like, No, honestly, you have to read it. Is it just... It's av- insane. Available online just to like Google yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. It's insane. If, if you guys are hearing this, you guys should definitely read Go it too. Go read it and... You can come back and tell us what you think because it's insane. That's crazy. Speaking of Chris Dorner, our audio engineer, Corin, has a story related to that. Yeah, it was just a real quick story, but I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, you mentioned that he was reviewing uh, movies, and in his manifesto, which I've got pulled up right now, he mentions a couple of movies. Like, for example, he says, It's kind of sad that I won't be able to view and enjoy The Hangover 3. What an awesome trilogy! 
Todd Phillips don't make any more hangovers after the third. It takes away from the originality of the foundation. Now, what I thought was interesting about that is that um, my brother works at Warner Brothers, and he was working on uh, one of the Hangover movies. Uh, I, th- I guess it was Hangover 3 uh, with the, the cast and the crew in there. And that director, Todd Phillips, uh, the next day was like, why did he have to name me, like by name? Like, you think it would be cool <laughs> that they're mentioning the film and like praising it and, you know, but yeah. I, I guess they weren't too pleased about it. But I'm, I'm reading more about this letter and he's got other stuff in here. Uh, Hillary Clinton, you'll make a hell of a president in 2016. Like, he's just like calling a lot of people <laughs> out. He's it's, it's really just like kind of a nonsensical. Um, he's just talking about whatever's on his mind. Yeah, it's definitely a strange manifesto. And yeah. he also professed like his love for Ellen, which obviously even today does not age well. Yeah, like for sure during like if he was alive during this time, I don't think he'd be a fan of her. Yeah, and you know what else? The very last paragraph here, Mr. Bill Cosby, you are a reasonable and talented man. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Who has spoken the truth. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> if only you knew what was to come. Ouch. Yep. <laughs> Well, thanks for letting me share that, guys. No, thank, thank you, you for Corin. sharing it. It definitely adds to our own. Yeah, good information. But yes, obviously we're jumping around a lot in this episode, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Going back, did you have any questions? I'm still stuck on the manifesto. I'm like excited to read it. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Definitely read the manifesto. As weird as that sounds. I think Corinne's reading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. The yeah. manifesto is insane. But yes. Zodiac Killer, or potentially Carrie Post, he reviewed a lot. Here's a review that he did for The Hunt for Ted Bundy. He rated it one star out of ten. And this is what he said. By Gary F. Post. Awful. Would give less than one star if I could. Ted Bundy is wildly overrated. So what is he trying to say that he's completely underrated? If he uh, is indeed. He sounds like a hater. Like, yeah, like, like he's like he my competition. Well, yeah, he did get a movie actually. But this is my competition. Like, why there needs to be more Zodiac Killer movies? Well, I wonder, did he ever make a review on the Zodiac Killer movie? That's a good question. Which is kind of wild to think about. This means this if Gary Post is the Zodiac Killer, that means he may have potentially watched his own films, and he was probably, I I would never wear that shirt. He's like, that's not true. That didn't happen. Mark Ruffalo, who was actually in one of the Zodiac Killer films, he said this about supposedly Gary being the Zodiac Killer. He said, I've been down this road before. They made a movie about it. Maybe, maybe not. Every few years, someone says they figured it out. Let's hope they've actually got the guy. Well, let's hope so. Maybe that'll help the families, you know, that never got closure. So there's actually someone who's been coined as a Zodiac expert. Mm-hmm. he's the one who wrote a the book Zodiac Killer, Just the Facts, Tom Voigt. And his opinion, he thinks that Gary Post being the Zodiac Killer is completely bogus. He even said it's hot garbage. What does hot garbage mean? I guess another way of putting it is the way that he also put it, bullshit. Mm-hmm. He hot doesn't garbage. believe that, that Gary Post is the guy because, again, he's done so much research. And, again, as you mentioned, there's been so many people mm-hmm. who've supposedly been the zodiac killer now some people might be asking then why is the story being pushed out if it's just a theory that's exactly what i was thinking like dude there have been so many people that have been suspected to be the zodiac killer what's so different about this guy okay so also throwing out there a a weird coincidence this wasn't done on purpose okay the zodiac killer's last kill was on october 11th of 1969 we're actually filming this on october 11th very creepy and Mm -hmm. i'm a fan of synchronicity but i am not a fan of the synchronicity at all yeah me either very creepy so a lot of people are wondering why are why is this being pushed out if it hasn't even been confirmed by the fbi and even the fbi put out a statement saying that the case is still opened even though an independent group of people has claimed to ID the killer. And there's a conspiracy around it. Another thing you guys may have heard recently is the Facebook whistleblower. 
Did yes, you... we all remember that day when social media wasn't available for a couple hours. Oh, yeah, which is, okay, another conspiracy on top of a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Francis Hogan was set to speak in front of Congress on October 5th, I believe it was. And when did the shutdown happen? A day before. October 4th. Some of you experienced it, as she mentioned, on October 4th, Facebook was shut down to five, six hours, which is, it was strange timing because Francis Hogan, who's a Facebook whistleblower, was set to talk to Congress on October 5th. What was she going there to talk about? She was whistleblowing essentially that Facebook does not have the whole fake news or spreading false information on hold as they claim to. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she worked for them, of course. Yes, she's a form a former Facebook product manager and was the manager for the company's civic misinformation team. Mm-hmm. She was hired in 2019 to essentially analyze and see how they can prevent fake news and misinformation being spread on the internet. Right. But a year after she was hired, they dissolved that team. They they thought, well, we got through the election season. We don't need this team anymore, which she found to be really concerning because it was clear to her on her end that they were very much needed because look what happened uh, during the insurrection on January 6th. Right. And again, that all ties into misinformation that's being spread on Facebook. Yes, extremists do use other platforms. It's mainly Facebook. That's where you mostly hear all this misinformation. Exactly. So... The reason why she took the job in the first place is because she actually lost a friend to misinformation. And she said it was really painful at her to lose a friend, to see them go down this rabbit hole of fake news and misinformation that happened on Facebook. So she thought, I'm going to take this job and take this role so I can help. She's doing a favor for everybody, you know, like you got to fact check everything and try to make sure that all the information that, you know, a lot of people, Facebook is a big platform, especially for like the older generations, too. Yes. Um, which are more prone to fall victims of fall- misinformation. So I think what she was doing was really good. Yes, because also they claim that it was just for the election season. But look what's happening right now. I mean, we're living through it during COVID-19. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the vaccines, that's all being spread. And there's even Facebook groups that are mm-hmm. anti-vax all across Facebook. Right. And... Facebook, basically, the way they they perceived themselves to the public is that they had this under control. But she said that their efforts to remove fake news content on Facebook, from what she, she tracked, they were only able to remove 10 to 20 percent of such content off its platforms, which means 80 to 90 percent of misinformation is still on Facebook. That's a high percentage. And another thing she mentioned was that Facebook is basically acting within its own within its own interests because Mm -hmm. to remove that content they found that people were less likely to interact basically news or content that made them angry that made them money too you know yeah exactly they were if people aren't interacting on facebook or not seeing ads that means less money for them and so they found that the content that people interacted most with was content that made them feel angry or negative. Yeah, that's pretty fucking sad. Yes, it is really sad. Internet can be really toxic sometimes. Yes, and so she essentially found that Facebook is harming society. Right. And that Facebook is basically showing the darkest parts of humanity. They found that it was more harmful towards girls and women because of their... um, body image perception right so it did it did a lot of like self-harm in terms of even eating disorders Mm -hmm. and body image which i'm sure some of us could relate to that yeah most definitely i'm sure um especially with all these face tunes filters and all that stuff which i mean i've used filters too before and uh i mean filters are cute and stuff but yeah they do cause insecurities when you're not using it and also too like when you see people that have like these fitness pages and then they have these certain standards and these certain like way their body looks and one thinks that it's not all the time but one thinks that they worked out or something sometimes it could be surgeries and then people are over here 
listening to these fitness pages and little do they know this person got surgery so it's not always the case but it's saying like when you're on social media like take everything with like a grain of salt like don't 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 see everything that you see on social media and like think that's what it is what it is exactly and especially with news i would encourage people to do their research on credible sources not sources like fox news which again you might be wondering why are we even mentioning this it's because with facebook on she was set to meet with congress on Mm -hmm. october 5th Mm -hmm. then the very next day fox news releases this story and pushes the story titling it that the zodiac killer has been identified on october 6th so who benefited again from misinformation and fake news or the like, right did or like distracting people and like the zodiac killer case is a huge case so if it's like i said i haven't really heard about the zodiac case especially on like news platforms in like how many years you could say mm-hmm. so this is huge even you sent it to me, I was like, what? This is crazy. Shocking. Like, yeah. So that's the conspiracy is that Fox News, because they were the first media outlet to push the story and to, put, to break this news mm-hmm. on October 6th, a day after Francis Hogan met with Congress. Right. So people are thinking that Fox News pushed the story as a way, as you mentioned, to distract people or to take away from a really groundbreaking news story. And again, of misinformation being spread on the internet, which was helped by, you know, Fox News Mm -hmm. and spreading misinformation about the Democrats or the left. Right. And honestly, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have known that the the whole thing with the whistleblower was going on. Yeah. I I, I didn't really see it, you know, like the media wasn't covering it that much. It's just conspiracy on top of conspiracy Mm because, again, how Facebook went out even the day before. And I want to reiterate, these are just conspiracies. It's not con- confirmed or anything. Yeah, everything we're saying right now, it's like, take it as you want to take it. But yeah, this was um, the podcast. Uh, we kind of winged it today. It was just a chill Monday. We got into the Zodiac Killer and some conspiracy theories. Some of our own experiences. A little different than our usual podcast. We will have some podcasts like like these in the future um i hope you enjoy them and uh yeah i hope you have you guys have a great night and if you have a like sophie mentioned other podcasts if you have a beer you can finish it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and definitely read that chris donner oh, manifesto yeah. it's an definitely interesting read and again um the conspiracies that we mentioned you know just for entertainment value but it's also something to think about i would say Mm -hmm. do your research on things that you see on the internet and as sam said take everything with a grain of salt make sure you're getting information from valid sources and i'm vaccinated so (laughs) (laughs) just throwing that out there guys like take care of yourself be safe